Let's cover ground here. All right. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Let's see who's on the screen. Reb Yale, Reb Reb Aravinsky, Reb Aaron, Reb Simcha, Reb Harris. We got Jonathan walking in. We got uh, we got other people joining us. All right. Here we go. Let's uh, let's get the ball rolling. Today's daf is daf Pei Zion, page eighty-seven. But we did not finish Pei Vav Amud Beis. We're up to eighty-six B. All right. I want to restart from Tonu Rabbanon, which is um, right after the parentheses on Pei Vav Amud Beis. Okay, Tonu Rabbanon, right after the parentheses on Pei Vav Amud Beis, about two thirds of the way down. Uh, we're continuing on in the discussion of how Yom Kippur itself is mechaper. How does Yom Kippur itself atone? If after all, don't you need to do teshuva? Right? Well, what's this whole concept of Yom Kippur? If a person wants to repent, a person wants to come close to Kaddish Baruch Hu, so you repent. You need Yom Kippur to do that. And if you don't repent, is Yom Kippur itself going to do anything? And we discussed that there's various levels of, of how this works. Okay, so let's begin again from Tanur Rabbanon. The rabbis learned the words are Averos Shehesvada Aleyam Yom HaKippur. Zeh. Okay, we started this. I'm just going to back up a little bit. This is a fascinating discussion. And let's talk for a moment. Yom Kippur is coming up in two and a half months. We're going to have Yom Kippur. All right? When we stand there on Rosh Hashanah, the 10 days of repentance, we come to Yom Kippur. Should we be repenting for the previous year's sins too? The previous decade? the previous five decades, eight decades, ten decades? Or do we say like this, listen, Tendler, chill out. You already had Yom Kippur for that. The only thing we need to care about this Yom Kippur is what happened this year. This is not the time to start repenting for our previous sins prior to this year because I already had a Yom Kippur taking care of that. You got it? Right? It's a fascinating discussion how, how this works. All right, let's start reading this inside. If you have an Avir that a person already did Teshuva on, for, uh, you pass through a Yom Kippur. You don't need to keep those Averos, those transgressions in mind on a different Yom Kippur. Okay? Does everybody have the place here? We following along? No? Don't have the place? So you don't need to have them in mind on another Yom Kippur, on a different Yom Kippur. However, let's say I, I keep doing the same sins. Okay, so then <laughs> we understand. So then I did it again. So then I need a new Yom Kippur for the new Averis. But let's say, you know, you know, that was an Aver I did five years ago. That was an Aver I did last year. I haven't done it this year. And you do repent. You do focus on them again. The Torah, sa- the, the verse says, you are wrong. We'll put it simply. You are wrong. Okay? A dog vomits and goes back to it. A fool goes back to his foolishness. Stop going back and worrying about your previous sins. You did your tshuva, brush it off, and move on. Stop going back there. Cut it out. That is the opinion of the Tanakhama. These are, cru- these are very crucial gemaras in how we do tshuva. Rebbe Lezbi Nakav says, 
He says, absolutely not. There's nothing wrong with doing tshuva for something and, and being worried about it. It's, it's fortunate. A person's praiseworthy if they do that. As it says, I recognize my Averos and I keep it in front of me always. And we ended, this is where we ended off yesterday. We discussed from the Satmar Rebbe that Tumid means uh, not constantly on our mind, but once a day. Once a day, we rec- okay. Says the Gemara, Elamani Mekayim Kelev Okay, one second. One verse seems to imply you're a fool if you keep remembering your previous sins. And the other verse says, no, you know what a righteous person is. A righteous person is somebody who, re- who, who keeps their sins in front of them and, and knows their faults. The Gemara says, Kid Rav Huna, we got we to gotta allow Rav Huna to help us answer this. Dama Rav Huna, Rav Huna says, Kivan Sha'avar Adam Avera Vishanaba Hutrulay. Once a person does an Avera twice, it becomes permitted. Now the Gemara says, obviously it's not permitted. You, know, you did it once, now the Torah allows it? No, that's not what I mean. It loses its oomph, we'll call it. It loses its importance. You know, we know this. You go out with friends when we're teenagers, right? Your parents say, don't do that. I never did it before. Your friends like, come on, Tenla, you, know, you try it, Just try it. You do it once, and a lightning bolt doesn't come down and strike. You're like, all right, not so bad. Yeah, not so bad. My parents don't know what they're talking about. Right? So, not like that there. It becomes like, once you do it once, it, becomes, you know, it, it loses the, the scariness, and it, becomes, uh, and it becomes as if it is allowed. How does this answer anything? What's the answer? So, Gemara is explaining a very important idea, which is that when we say when a person, like a dog, goes back to its vomit, a fool returns to his foolishness, it's not talking about the teshuva. It's referring to the sin itself. That once a fool does, makes a mistake, it's like, all right, it becomes, compl- you know, then you just over and over, it becomes like second nature. Uh, but it's not referring to the teshuva, it's referring to the avera itself. Says the Gemara. Furthermore, you should know if you want to get a full teshuva, if you want to get a full, um, you know, returning to Hashem and removal of the sin, then by the confession, a person should be specific. Don't just say, God, Hashem, you know, I know I did wrong. What I should say is, Hashem, I spoke, I gossiped, I slandered. Be specific. As it says, Okay? Where Maishu Rabbeinu was davening for Kal Yisrael after we sinned with the golden calf. And he said, Hashem, you know, Please forgive them. And he was specific in what the forgiveness needed to be. He says, according to Rabbi Akiva, you know what? It's better if you don't specify it. Because a person whose Averos are, remain covered is kind of, is fortunate. Okay? It's fortunate. You don't need to talk specifics when it comes to negative things. So why, did, why did Moshe, why was he specific about the sin of the, of the Jewish people? The Gemara explains, because Moshe was following uh, the explanation of Moshe was praying in front of Hashem following the sin of the, of the golden calf. And he says, Master of the world, the gold and silver that you gave to the Jewish people 
until they said, God, enough, enough. We can't be so rich. Yeah? Being so rich, you think it's easy to be rich. It's not easy to be rich. You have more things to worry about. You got money, you got to make sure it doesn't get lost. He said, God, we can't handle anymore. Garam lahem You know, Moshe Rabbeinu said to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, he says, you have a claim against the Jewish people that we got fat and we kicked you. Why'd you give us so much in the first place? Yeah, that's what, uh, this is Mo Moshe's defense of, uh, of Klal Yisrael. So what do you see from here? What's the point? We thought, let's talk outside just to get clarity. We thought that the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu specified the sin should teach me that when I confess, I need to specify my sin. Because he said, Elohezov. On that, Rabbi Anna explains, no. The reason why the sin was specified was actually to stand up for Klal Yisrael. And to say, God, you know the, the uh, Hashem, do you know these idols that they made? It's because you allowed them to have so much. That was part of his defense. So he didn't get specific because that's what you need for tshuva. He got specific because that was his defense on behalf of Klal Yisrael. Okay. Now what we're going to get into now is, on, is you know, a little bit of a... Um, how do we... Uh, trying to think of the proper word for this. I'll, I'll call it a balancing act that we're going to have we're going to find in the Gemara, when a person does wrong, there's a proper time, place, situation, circumstances that the sin should be publicized. And if not for that proper time, it is wrong for the sin to be publicized. A person, you know, and this is, this is a huge idea. It's a huge idea because we live in a world where first of all, truth doesn't matter. Even if you're, this is a fact. Here's a fact. The fact is that there are no facts in the world anymore. That's the fact, okay? It used to be when a person lied, they felt terrible. Nowadays, if a person is caught lying, it's like, okay, so I lied, and everybody expects that anyway, so we're just gonna move on and nothing happened. Right, it's like everybody just brushes it off and, and there's no, nobody cares too much about, uh, about integrity. What that means is that there's, there's no real um, embarrassment for that particular sin, okay? Which is a terrible thing because so much of what drives us is our self-respect. And if I don't feel that I'm gonna be, lose any respect in that way, I'm not gonna be driven to, to keep that quality within me. There are times, however, where it's appropriate to publicize a sin. Let's say you have, somebody has a uh, uh, colleague, a sibling, a child, a student, wh uh, whatever it may be, somebody I'm, I'm involved in, it could be my, my boss, and I have a lesson to share with them. And I've been through an experience that I know they're making a mistake in because I've, I've experienced. Is it wrong of me to let them know that I've sinned in the past. Of course not, because I'm bringing it out in a constructive fashion, okay? So what we're gonna get into now, what, that's an introduction a little bit, and just keep this in mind, is when is it appropriate for a person to be a little public with what they did wrong, and when is it 
wrong to be a little public and to keep oneself respected. Be like, you know what? I'm, I, I'm not going to talk about that. So here we go. Shnei parnasim b'amlam Yisrael. There were two parnasim. Parnasim literally means supporters. In context over here, it means quality leaders that the Jewish people had. Moshe v'david. Moshe Rabbeinu and David HaMelech. Moshe Amar. Moshe says, Yikasev sorchani. That what was Moshe's sin? He hit the rock instead of speaking to the rock. And Moshe says, I want everybody for all time to know about what I did wrong. And his sin is publicized straight explicitly in the Torah. says, Because you didn't believe me. Hashem says to Moshe, you know why you're not going to get into the land of Israel? Because you sinned. And who gave over the Torah? Moshe. So Moshe himself is given. But David Amar, but David says, Please don't write about my sins. As it says, Fortunate is somebody whose sins are concealed. Yeah? Let's give a mushal. Let's give a parable for the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu, our greatest leader, Moshe, and King David and David Doma. What is the similar to? There's two women who are getting malchus. They're getting lashes in Bezdin. Achas Kilkula. One of them is receiving lashes for, uh, for uh, you know, uh, sleeping around, for being loose. And the other one receives lashes. Why? Because she did an action of the love of eating figs of Shvius. Okay? So, Amral, now, they both sinned and they're both getting Malchus as an atonement. Now, the one who ate the figs of Shvius said to the, the ones giving her lashes, I'm requesting of you, I'm asking of you, let people know why I'm getting hit. Yeah, let the people know. I don't want people to think that I'm uh, sleeping around over here and I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting lashes the same way this other woman who committed adultery is getting lashes. So they hung a, a fig of Shvius around her neck to kind of make an announcement. Okay. So, Moshe Rabbeinu, that was such a minimal sin, okay? So it was okay for it to be publicized. For him, he, it was a big deal because the greater you are, the more perfection is needed. Okay. But uh, by David HaMelech, which was more of a, uh, we'll call it more of a severe sin, so he wanted this story to kind of be a little covered over. You know what else you do? We are mefarsim. We publicize. Chanefim. Chanefim are flatterers. People who don't really mean the words that they say. That's a mechane for somebody who flatters others and you don't really care about them. You don't really like them. Be like, ooh, you know, you're such a great guy. And behind there, you kind of backstab them. Okay? Because otherwise, it's going to be a chil If somebody's a mechanif and they, they're what we call one way with their mouth, one way with their heart, they're not, they're not straight people. So um, we, we let people know. You, you publicize it. Because otherwise, it's going to cause a chil hashem. as it says, Ubushum Tzadik. A tzaddik goes back to his tzidkus, but then he acts like a rasha. I will place a stumbling block in front of him. What's that stumbling block? Something that's going to publicize that he's not really 
a tzaddik. Okay. Tshuva samachotim akavasam haporanus. The tshuva of a mukhlif, somebody who is wicked, ma'akavas haporanus. That person who was wicked, if he does tshuva, will not receive punishment. Doesn't mean that you're in the best shape right now, but you're not going to be in the worst shape. You hear this? It's unbelievable. We could do the worst things against God, against HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but unfortunately, we're taught from a very young age, sometimes, sometimes, some people are taught that there's a God in heaven that, first of all, is a mistake. That's step one, because God is not in heaven alone. God is with us right here in this room. So that itself, but be it as made, there's a God in heaven, there's a Kaddish Baruch Hu up in Shamayim, up in heaven, who gives us rules and regulations, and if we step out of line, we're in trouble. And that, for a lot of people, is their relationship with Hashem. I better stay in line, otherwise... Uh, and it's really so not true. Not true. That's like thinking about my, uh, my spouse, my anybody, any relationship I've ever been in, that that person is waiting for me to step out of line so they can whip me. Is, is that what it is? No. It's not what happens. You could get in trouble with that person if you mess up, but they, they want the best. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is wants a relationship. He wants tshuva. He wants a connection. We can wrong Hashem the entire day, 24-7. Completely. But if we do tshuva, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will completely block the punishment. On the, and we're talking about a Russia here. We're not talking about somebody who's like, you know, an average person who does some good, some bad, you know. We're talking about a Russia here. Shalvas Rosham Saifat and the Brisa also says that a Russia who doesn't do teshuva in the end will have takala, in the end will have his downfall. Government mekaberes uh, buries those who are in charge of it. Okay, this means it's a very important idea. Those who are in leadership positions very often from the strain the stress and I'm going to say something which I can't go so much into detail just because of time but also because of the realities of the job very often will die earlier will die will die sooner than somebody if you wouldn't have had that position okay what I mean by this is and Hashem Yishmar Hashem should protect but the realities of of leadership is that you may very well need to at times hurt situations in order to fix other things it's a very tough spot to be in but you're forced to because if you don't stand up and do it you're going to allow Sheker to, to kick in. Even if you do the right thing, there's times where it may, it may very well hurt. And I'm saying this in a very vague way. I think it's, a, it's, it's something to get into uh, at, at a later time. But 
power, power positions bury those who hold them. Arum nichnasla va'arum yetze mimenu. How so? This is so fascinating. Says the Bryson. A person goes into leadership positions, arum, naked, without clothing, arum yetze mimenu, and he leaves with nothing, meaning leadership positions, and you ain't gonna make it rich. You're not gonna be making a lot of money. You're lucky if you leave that position with the same amount of money you walked into it with. Ulevai, this is what we say in, in Jewish, halavai, yeah. Ulevai, halavai, that when we leave, we should be as idealistic as when we started. Because very often, once you get into a position, it hurts. And a, person, their, a person's mindset changes, you could become very cynical about people. You become very cynical about situations. You could change as a person. How, if only, says the Brisa, we what, a person leaves such a, a circumstance as healthy as when they went in. Rav, Rav, when he would go out to judge, he would say, uh, I'm going out to kill myself. Now, what's done about committing suicide? But he was saying that I know what I'm about to do is going to hurt. Because when you judge, you're always going to have to judge in favor of one side. And you can't really be concerned about what happens to your family at the time of judgment. And the bottom line is, you know, even if you're going to say, oh, I'm out here to earn a living, that's why it's my job. You know, so I'm here because my family uh, is to be supported. You're not going to be supported too well either. I just hope that I get back home in the same peace that I showed up in. When Rabbah would go out to judge a case, he would say the following. We now turn to today's daf, Pei Zayin Amar Aleph 87a. He would say, that again, I'm choosing, this is my own, uh, this is my own decision to go out to this death, okay? And you're not doing, you're not necessarily acting in the best interest of your family. You're going back home empty. The same expression, okay? Says the Gemara. And when Rava would see um, uh, people, you know, uh, following behind him, they wanted to be around him, they wanted to be followers, they wanted to be his students. Omar, he would say, If a person goes up to heaven, seal. If you, the person goes up to Shemayim and his head is in the clouds. Okay? You know, this is the expression that we have. Right? You, um, what's the expression? Pink you have to, cloud. Huh? Pink cloud. Pink, yeah, pink cloud, right? But you, 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 keep your, you uh, keep your feet on the ground or something? Your head in the cloud, but your feet on the ground? You got you to you remain grounded, right? He says a person goes up, but if, if you think you're in heaven and you think you're an elevator above others, you're dunskies. All right, that's basically what he's saying. Who are you? You're nothing. You, you be, be very careful. Rav Zutra, when the, his students would carry him to go give his class, um, 
Chava Omar, he would say to himself, Positions of power don't last, and crowns don't always last from generation to generation. As my mother, Zechariah Lebracha, would say uh, often to me and to uh, all of us, um, she would say that um, as good of a job as you think you're doing, Everyone is indispensable, but no one is irreplaceable. I'm sure she got that quote from somebody somewhere. Everyone's indispensable. Everyone's it's indispensable. What do you got? Nobody's irreplaceable. The way Hashem made this world is that there's always going to be somebody else who can step up. As indispensable as somebody is, no one is irreplaceable. We've lost the greatest leaders. We lost Moshe, Rabbi Akiva, the greatest, uh, the Rebbes, right? The world continues. The world continues. As the saying goes, the cemetery is full of people who thought the world can't exist without them. The world keeps existing. That's it. That's how it goes. So, you know, as, as great a position as somebody in, it's important to remain humble and to remain grounded. Okay. Se'es pinei Russia lo tov. Two, try to find favor in the eyes of a wicked person is not good. Lo tov lahem l'rashaim it is detrimental to a wicked person if people show respect to them in this world. It wasn't good for Achav, who caused the Jewish nation to sin through, to, to sin through idolatry. As it says, Since he humbled himself before me, there will not be evil during his days. Okay. Um, that uh, what happened was Elio Hanavi gave Musr to Achav and listen to this, fascinating Achav because of this was spared this is a very heavy Gemara was spared from retribution in this world and because he was spared from retribution in this world he suffered more in the next world what the Gemara is saying is that we need to be very careful in how we view Saras in this world. And I want to dwell on this because I don't think we can run away from this Gemara too fast. Can't dwell on this. We, we need to dwell on this. It's not a Gemara you can just walk away from and say, you know, you got to understand this. Let's explain. Hashem is perfect. Hashem is perfect. When somebody is going through a difficulty, why does that difficulty happen? So the Gemara in Tractate Brachas gives various reasons. But the first thing the Gemara says is, if a person ever has tzaras, the first thing we do is, you look into your personal actions. Okay? So somebody, God forbid, breaks their foot, hurts their arm, has a, uh, a financial issue, uh, health, uh, uh, shalom problem, whatever it is. What's the first thing we do? I should look at my own personal actions. Fine. So, Yankel, this little fly on the wall, has SARS. So what, is, what does the Gemara advise him? Look at your personal actions, Yankel. Yankel comes to Harris. He says, uh, you know, I, I, I need uh, $30 dollars to help buy chicken for Shabbos. So, 
somebody who's a Talmud Chacham, like Harris, might say, you're not going to say this because you're too big of a tzaddik. But somebody a Talmud Chacham might say, listen, Yankel, <laughs> you want $30 for Shabbos? Go do tshuva, you imbecile. <laughs> what, I mean, what does the Gemara say? That you fashion masha. You know why you're having sorrows? No, what are you coming to me for? If, just the opposite. If I give you money, it's going to hurt you. Because now you're not going to do tshuva. You got to do it. Of course not. No, no normal thinking person is going to say that. Why? Because even though that individual person is your fashfesh by myself, he has to look at his actions. For everybody else around him, I don't say to him, oh, you know, <laughs> you know why you haven't started? It's your own fault. No, my responsibility, fascinatingly, is to help that person. And that $30 that we give him is actually for him $30 and for you it's eternity you just turned $30 into eternity the reality is you got something much more valuable than $30 and he's left with a mere measly 30 bucks that's all he's got so who ultimately the, the, it's fascinating because the guy who ultimately had his own calculation that needed to, to be dealt with he's really walking his spiritual responsibility remains and his physical responsibility is taken care of. And the one who gave his spiritual responsibility is now taken care of. It's very interesting how everything ultimately like comes, uh, comes full circle on this, okay? But it's letting us know that a Russia himself should focus more, and we as well, in how we... Re, uh, react and relate with this Russia should be more focused on the tshuva side of it than than um, the uh, favor side of it. Okay. To give goodness to a tzaddik in judgment. What does that mean? You know, sometimes somebody is righteous. It's a favor of Hashem that they don't always have it so easy in this world. Moshe is fortunate that he didn't go into Eretz Yisrael. Shenemar, as it says, Yan But if you had believed in me, your time to leave this world would not have happened. Okay, meaning, why did Moshe die before entering Eretz Yisrael? Because it allowed him to go into Olam Haba faster. Okay? It allowed the, the eternity to be much stronger than the temporary. Ashrayim le tzaddikim, fortunate are the tzaddikim lo dayan shehem zochim, that not only, it's not even enough, that they merit to live a beautiful life in this world. Ela shemezachin levneim levneim atzov koladoros. But they even have the ability to impact and influence their later generations. Okay? Aaron had many children who deserved to be burned like Nadav and Aviyu. Shenemar, as it says, Hanusarim, he had children that were left over. They had the merit of their fathers. Okay? So, um, uh, Aaron had tremendous merits that two of his sons died, granted, but there was enough merits to protect the rest of them. But 
to the Rishon, that they're obligating themselves. They're obligating everybody for the messages and lessons, lessons that they continue to pass down. Canaan had many children, many descendants that could have been like Tevi, the servant of Rabbi Gamliel, who was a righteous Gentile, a righteous servant. Um, but the obligation of Canaan caused them to, to uh, you know, not really have that opportunity. Now, don't think for a, we shouldn't think at all that it takes away a person's Bechira, that it takes away a person's free will. But rather, we have to admit, and you know, we, we have to admit that each of us, by the nature of, of being a human being, are creatures of our experiences. That, that's really all we have. All we have to allow us to guide in our decisions are our experiences. So if I've been exposed to something, I've experienced something, the next time I enter that situation, I will react according to the first way that I've been taught it. This is how racism starts. This is how you know, a lot of things happen. And then what if, if let's, let's take racism for a minute, okay? You have a, let's say you have a, uh, if you, we want to stick with color of the skin type of racism. There's many types of racism, it's all types of racism, okay? If you have a, a uh, black child, black child, raised in a white home, and that white home does not care for that child. That child will say it's an abusive home to that child. And that child grows up by the time that child's 5, 10, 15. Can you claim that, chi- that child does not like white people? Whenever that child sees a white person, that child cringes. And it works the other way too. A white child and a black, same thing, okay? Are you going to say that, that that black child that was raised around bad white people and whenever sees a white person, uh, that child's racist? No, I wouldn't. I would say that child is just living with experiences that that, that, that child has had. You can't blame that child. Now you could try to change, but if next time he sees a white person, his nature tells him to expect bad, unfortunately. Okay? And then obviously it's the responsibility for, for people to, to change it. So by our, we could understand that child needs to react like that. Needs to for survival. Okay? We're not dealing with another type of racism that nothing bad ever happened. There's no experience. I just decided I don't like, you know, wherever that comes from. You know, it's hard to, to fathom how people make decisions like that that is completely against uh, anybody who just doesn't like people um, because for no particular experience or reason doesn't believe in Hashem. Hashem made human beings. Okay, so we can't just uh, uh, dislike Hashem's creation for, for no particular reason. But when a person lives with experiences, that type of thing we can fathom. Okay. Kol HaMazake Es Harabim. Is that what we're up to? Um, yeah, anybody who, who allows others to do good? Yeah. Yeah. Kol HaMazake Es Harabim. Anybody who's Mazak, anybody brings merit to the masses, will, can be rest assured that sin will be removed from their hand. Anybody who causes the, the public to do bad, pretty much 
will be impossible to do a complete shuv. Because even if you regret it in the end, even if I regret it in the end, there's no real way to take that back. If you have somebody who publishes a book, let's say when they're 30 years old, on anti uh, on to, to be an anti-Semite, <laughs> had to be an anti a Nazi, publishes a book, had to be an anti-Semite in his 30. The guy turns 60, and he's like, what in the world did I do 30 years ago? I'm an imbecile. The guy does shuva. So what does he do? He puts out a letter. I take back everything I wrote in the book. But he already sold 15 million copies. Is there any way to fully? No. You messed yourself up. So even if he does tshuva, you still cause 15 million people to read that book. So a person, there's a tremendous difference between sinning personally and sinning in a way that's influencing the masses. Yeah. That's what's happening. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Anyway, I just to no, you're You're right. Right now, in this generation, how much is going on? How much is going yeah. on? It never happened 20 years ago, I don't think. Right? Maybe because information that it flies so far. Oh, so you know? Yeah, it's unbelievable. It's out. unbelievable. Yeah, good point. Sorry. Very good. Um, but it says, it doesn't say it's impossible to do shuva. It says, kimat. It's almost impossible. <laughs> like, you know, you, it's going to take a lot of work to get it. Okay. Whoever causes good for the masses. What is the reason that you're protected from sin? You know why? So that you don't end up in Gehenna and your students are in Gan Eden. This reminds me of a story they say about Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, the leader of the Musr movement, the father of the Musr movement. They say about Rabbi Yisrael Salanter that he... Uh, he said to his wife, said to his Rebetzin, that, no, I'm scared. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not as big of a tzaddik. He says, I want you to know I feel terrible. I'm not as big of a tzaddik as the whole world says I am. And, and I want to uh, apologize to you that, you know, when we come up to Shemayim, we come to heaven, everybody thinks I'm such a tzaddik. I know I've got tremendous faults. And I want to apologize to you that I'm not going to be with you in Shemayim. Because you're going to be so so far above me, so she says. She says, what, what, "What are you talking about? One second, but but I don't want to be there. I, you know, I don't want to be where you're not." He says, "Ah, that's my ticket." He says, "When you, that's I need you there so that you pull me up." <laughs> you know, he says, "You're going to get it because you're doing the right thing." So everybody, you're talking it. But what am I going to do? She says, "If I don't, okay, good. No, so give me a phone call. You'll you know, you'll, you'll bring me up to you." So that's it's, a person will be protected. Why? Because it's. If your students are there, they're going to say, oh, we need our rabbi. No, so, okay, so you go up too. And anybody who causes uh, sins to the masses, because you're also a leader. And if your students, we'll call it, you know, the, take the, you know, these Averos as examples, uh, are in Gehenim, it needs to be that the, the one who taught them that will be there as well. Shinamar. Adam Oshok Bedam Nafsho Albar Yonos Al Yismechu Bai. A person who murders will run until the bar, until the pit, and he will not be supported. Okay, period. End of that. Kamara, we're now at the colon. We're at the two dots, five lines down after the lines get wide on Pei Zion Amud Base. Let's keep going. Let's cover ground here. We're not going to finish this entire daf, but we finish the Masechta tomorrow. There's very little on tomorrow's daf, so we'll finish the Masechta on time. Let's go for another few minutes. Homer, echtav, ashuv, echtav, ashuv. Verse says, you know, I'll, I'll do an Averin, I'll do tshuva, I'll do an Averin, I'll do tshuva. 
All right, yeah. I can do an Avera. Well, because God, uh, God, God lets me do Juba, so I'll do what I want. Why does it say twice? Why don't we just say a person says, I'll, I'll sin and I'll do tshuva? It says, I'll sin and I'll do tshuva, I'll sin and I'll do tshuva. Why are you saying that twice? Because Rav Huna Marav, like Rav Huna Marav, Dom Rav Huna Marav, who does his name of Rav, Kivan Sha'abar Adam Avera Vishanaba, Hotralai, it becomes mutter to him. Hotrasol Kadaitach, Allah Nasas, like Hetter, the same logic, the same statement that we said before, which is when you do, when you perform an action over and over, it becomes normal to you, it becomes acceptable to the person, and that's why we're saying, uh, that's why we mentioned it two times, to give off this message. Okay. A person says, oh, you know, I'll sin, you know why? Because I'm Jewish, and I got Yom Kippur. Okay? So, what's the halacha? Yom Kippur does not atone for such a sin. What, which type of sin? When before the sin I say, I don't care, I'm going to sin anyway, because I know Yom Kippur will atone, then Yom Kippur doesn't work for that. Says the Gemara, we're going to go back to an opinion that we quoted yesterday. We'll say our mission does not follow the opinion of Rebbe. The time we learned that Rebbe, so Rebbe Yomar Rebbe says, Fascinating opinion of Rebbe. Says Rebbe, any Jew who keeps Yom Kippur, I don't eat, I don't fast. I, I'm sorry, I do fast. I don't eat, I don't drink. But I stay home, I play cards with my kids. I didn't sin on him. I kept Yom Kippur. I just didn't do anything else. I didn't think about tshuva. Says Rebbe, the time frame of Yom Kippur atones for every Jew. Even if you didn't, even if you didn't actively go to, go to get an atonement. Says the Gemara, no, Afilu Tema Rebbe, Agav Shaini. Because Rebbe will agree, perhaps Rebbe says, Yom Kippur atones for every Jew, unless... You, you, at the time of sin, are relying on that. In other words, you, if you're going to say that every Jew could just go ahead and sin and then just live through a Yom Kippur, you're messing up Klal Yisrael. Right? Obviously, that's not the way it's, uh, it's supposed to be. Okay. Next two dots. Avir Yisrael We said Yom Kippur atones for things that are between me and, me and God. But things that are interpersonal, what do I need to do? Go ask for forgiveness. Rami Le Rabbi Yosef Bar Chavud Rabbi Avot Rabbi Yosef the son of Chavud asked a, con- a question of contradiction to Rabbi Avot. How can you tell me that interpersonal relationship sins Yom Kippur does not atone for? But it says Im Echta Ish Ish when a man sins against a man and Hashem accepts that teshuva. So it seems even when you sin against another man. As long as you do tshuva to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, it works even without forgiveness. Says the Gemara, no, man Eloi Kim. It doesn't mean Hashem. It means Elohim, which is Dayana. There are times. This is very interesting. There are times where the word Elohim, which means to be a Lord, refers to a Jewish court, refers to a Sanhedrin. Okay, lost the place. No, I got it. First, the Sanhedrin, um, and therefore. What it means is when a person sins against another person, Elohim, the Jewish court, will judge him. Okay? Now you're going to be judged for your interpersonal infractions. Look at the end of the verse. It says, If a person sins against Hashem, then who is going to judge him? What do you mean who's going to judge him? God. God is the main judge. So says, This was the question of the verse. 
If a person sins with interpersonal relationships, and the and is mefalo, meaning praise to that person. So I, God forbid, I, I hurt your feelings, and I go over to you and I say, please, can you forgive me? Then yimcholo, then Hashem forgives that person for that uh, for that infraction. That means tshuva u ma'isim taiva. Okay, if a person sins against Hakadosh Baruch Hu, who's going to forgive him? That is referring to tshuva and ma'isim taiva. When we do tshuva and then we we go about and act the way that a good Torah Jew is supposed to act, that is what appeases Hashem. Om Rabbi Yisrael says, Anybody who says hurtful things to someone else, even with words, it's only words, it's only words. So you're obligated to ask for forgiveness. My son, if you become an arev, a guarantor for your friend, what's going to happen? You have stuck out your hand for a czar, for a random person, or if you got caught up in speaking hurtful words, I say zos efo beni let me tell you what to do so you'll be saved. When you come into the kaf, the hand of your friend, lech, go, hisrapes, lower yourself, urehav reecha, and raise up that other person. Start showing that person respect. What does that mean? How do you show them respect? Even if it costs money, if you hurt somebody's feelings, if it costs money, you got to buy him a present, you got to buy him whatever. Okay, again, not in a form of flattery, but in a form of appeasement to rebuild a relationship, it's worthwhile. And, um, and if not, if it's not a monetary matter, then you should at least make sure that the person feels beloved, the person feels cared for. When you ask for forgiveness, you should have three rows of three people. Okay? What does that mean? So Rashi explains this means if you want to ask forgiveness from somebody, very odd, it's not so easy to repair a relationship. So I hurt somebody and I say, can you forgive me? The guy says, no. Am I done? No. You know what you should do? You, should, you, have, you have to ask for Mechidah three times. And each time, bring somebody along who cares? Somebody else who's there. So the person who I'm asking forgiveness for takes it seriously. He doesn't think that television is showing up and being like, "Can you forgive me?" I'm, I'm like, I'm letting, I'm, I'm bringing a important person along with me so that this person knows I take what I did wrong seriously. Okay. <speaking in Hebrew> Anybody who asks for forgiveness from his friend, you don't need to ask for forgiveness more than three times. As it says, so we see three times where forgiveness was requested. Okay? This is talking about uh, the, the brothers asking for forgiveness from Yosef Hatzadeh. And what happens if the person who I hurt passes away? Before I have a chance to ask for forgiveness, maybe I serve any other minion. I'll you. Bring a minion with you, and go to the person's grave. The Omer and say, "Chatosi l'Hashem like Yisrael, the lift like Chavalti boy. I've sinned against Hashem and against this person who I have hurt." 
Rabbi Yirmiya Havalei Milsa the Rabbi Abba Badei. Rabbi Yirmiya had claims against Rabbi Abba had claims against Rabbi Yirmiya. Ozal Esay Adasha the Rabbi Abba. So he went and sat at the house of Rabbi Abba. Vahadi Deshadia Amse Maya, and when Rabbi Abba, who lived in this house, his cleaning help, you know, was pouring out the the uh, toilet. So some of it, the smelly water hit him on the head. Amari said, They turned me into an ashpa. Yeah, I've been turned into the local uh, bathroom. And he said, From the ashpais, from the, the garbage, Yorim Evian, somebody who's, who was lowered is raised up. Rev Abba heard Rabbi Yirmiya say this. He was outside his home. Rab Abba, who was hurt, so came out and Amar Leh, he said, Now I need to ask you for tshuva, for, for mechila, dechsev, leiches rapes, urahav, reyacha. Go lower yourself and treat that other person who you hurt previously like a ruler. The greatest sages, they, they humbled themselves, they lowered themselves. Rav Zeira, when he would have a claim against somebody, when he, had, he, he would have a cholif, v'tani l'kamei, umamtzile. He would... He would make himself available, is so beautiful, to the person who hurt him. As opposed to being like, no, you come ask me for forgiveness. He made sure to go near the person. The person would, ha- would have an easy time asking for mechila, asking for forgiveness. So the person would come and ask him for tshuva. We'll do a little bit more. I want to get to Amud Beis. Rav Rav had claims against the butcher. The butcher would not come and ask him for forgiveness. On the day before Yom Kippur, Rav says to him, I'll go to him and ask him to make up. Ravuna met him. Where are you going, Yom Kippur? I want to go make up with this guy. That um, Abba is going to kill somebody. Meaning... You're, you're, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. So he went and stood next to the guy, who was sitting and he was chopping the head of an animal. Go away from here. I don't want to talk to you. He didn't want to make up with it. With, he didn't want to make up. He ended up being killed by a bone. Rav was saying in front of Rebbe. He went up, top of Ahmed Bez. Also, Rav Chia came in. Rav went back to the beginning of the, of the verse to, to let Rav Chia know where he was up to. He started again. As the people came in to listen to the shir, he kept restarting. Omar, Kuli Hai Nedavanezel. Yeah, why, why do you got to keep restarting? So, Loi Hadar, so he stopped going back. Ikbud Rebbe Hanina. So, Rebbe Hanina, who was the next person that came in, he, he got offended. Also, Azal Rav Lagabe, Place Armali Yamadikipuri. Rav went to ask him for forgiveness. You can keep her for 13 years. Velai Pius, and, and um, he did not. Forgive him. We're going to hold it here so people could get to Mincha. We're in the middle of a story. We're in the middle of a story. The story is not over. We have to figure out why he wasn't forgiven. But Merz Hashem, we will pick up from here tomorrow evening and Be'ezras Hashem finish the Mesechta.